Good evening. Good to have you here. What a great privilege it is to better meet twice on Sunday and come to worship God together. Welcome. There's uh, tea and coffee at the end of the service, so do stay and uh, join us for that. You'll be very welcome. Just going to start with two verses from Matthew chapter 9, which say this Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. In one of our Bible readings a bit later, we'll be reading about shepherds also who led people astray and uh, were bad shepherds. But how good it is for us in our first song that we're going to sing, to sing of the Good Shepherd. And what privilege and blessing it is to say that the Lord is my shepherd. And uh, all that we need uh, is provided by his hand. What a good shepherd he is. Let's stand and sing this uh, psalm together.
Let's pray together. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, what a, what a great privilege it is that you are the Good Shepherd, that you are our Shepherd. You're the one who came and found us when we had gone astray, when we were lost, when we were without hope. You came and found us, and you brought us home with a joy in your heart that we were now your child. And Lord, every day of our Christian lives, we're surrounded by your goodness. Through the days of rejoicing, through the days of bewilderment and confusion, you guide us. Through days of still going astray, you restore us. Through the darkest valleys of our life, you are still with us and your goodness leads us home. Oh, what a great privilege, Lord, it is for us to be your people. And we give all praise and glory to you, the Lord Jesus Christ. We brought nothing to the table apart from our sin and our lostness and our inability to save ourselves. And you just poured out your grace and mercy without measure. In holding not even back your only son, but gave him up for us. Lord, we thank you and we we offer our praise and our worship tonight to you. And we say thank you, Lord, for saving us. But Lord, we pray for others who are still lost, who are still trying to find their way in the darkness, who would rather starve than come. Lord, would you go out and keep searching and keep rescuing the lost sheep. Lord, we know that you are and your work won't be complete till the last day. And as your messengers, our work is not complete till our last day. Lord, help us to to spread the good news. Help us to seek out the lost too for you. Help us through the lives that we live to shine the light in this ever-darkening world. Help us in our prayers to pray for those who preach, those who are far afield in the world, uh, reaching the lost. Lord, all of us have a part to play in this kingdom work and help us to find that part that you would call us to play if we've not found it already. And to use all the might and energy that you give us to live for Christ. Because he's worthy. Because he is Lord. Lord, we thank you then for so many blessings. And pray that you'd remind them of us this evening. Draw us near to you. And if we have wandered, if we are not living how we should, if we are distant from you, bring us all back to the cross where Jesus paid for all of it. Lord, help us to see what our sin cost you. And Lord, help us to come back in repentance. Help us to be like the prodigal son, to come to our senses, to return to our father, and to say sorry to him. Lord, we thank you that you are the one who is looking out for us. You're the one who rejoices over even us. We can't fathom the the wonder of your grace. Lord, we, we have a heavy heart that we know that there are bad shepherds. There are those who are false teachers. And Lord, we pray as the good shepherd that you'll protect this church because the Bible tells us that false teachers don't come through the doors wearing the false teacher uniform, but they come from within the church. 
and subtly black and white is fading to grey. And the truth becomes whatever people think it might be. Lord, keep us grounded in your truth and firm in your word. Bless the leaders of churches that they will be convicted of the truth and convinced of the truth and stand by it to the death. Lord, we're ashamed that in the Church of England there are leaders who are false teachers, who are compromising with the world, who are losing the truth of your word to be popular with the current ideology and system of this world. And so, Lord, we pray for those who are good teachers and good leaders in the Church of England. And, Lord, we pray that this will be a time of purifying your church. That there will be your people who are standing firm on your word will be united together. That they will perhaps in some way lose the weights that are around their necks. And that there will be a a great um, opportunity for the gospel going forward. For those people to serve together to proclaim the truth of your word together. Lord, we pray for your mercy uh, on those who are leading others astray. Lord, there are so many voices in this world. There is so much confusion for those who are lost. But we thank you that the gospel is clear. The gospel is simple. We pray against those who would confuse it. We pray against those who would add to the gospel We pray against those who would take away from the gospel. And Lord, we pray that people will find the Lord Jesus Christ for themselves. And Lord, we pray that worldwide. We pray for great success as the gospel is preached, that many will be saved. Lord, we pray for each other here. Lord, help each of us through the difficult circumstances of life. Lord, perhaps we are struggling in different ways at the moment and we thank you that you know about it even though others might not we thank you for answered prayer and Lord we want to have faith to thank you for unanswered prayer and there are times that we have seen you working in ways that we hadn't even thought of but your wisdom and your grace is shining through in our lives help us to be patient if we're waiting for you Help us to be faithful if we're tempted. Lord, we pray that in you we will find all that we need. We pray for Hope Explored this coming week. And we pray for that new group as it starts. We ask your great blessing on Martin and Jane. And we pray that the group will work well together. That there will be a great time together of learning and a discovery of the Christian faith. We're reliant, as in everything, for your Holy Spirit to be at work. And we pray for that, Lord God. So, Lord, help us this evening as we uh, come to your word. Help Mark as he preaches to us. Lord, we pray that when we meet here each time, that you'd open our ears to hear. You'd open our hearts to be changed. We want to see something more of your greatness We want our faith to be strengthened in your word and in your character. Lord, we we need your help so much as we face this coming week 
each day uh, ahead of us is unknown to us in what will happen. And we need to be prepared to face the spiritual battle that is always present. We need to be rooted in your word and firm in our faith to respond to the difficulties and the situations that arise in our lives. Lord, help us to shine a bright light into this dark world in our workplace, in our school, in our college, in our neighbourhood. Help us, Lord, we pray. And we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, in our next uh, song, we're going to sing two great gospel words, reconciled and justified. And they are, they are just, there's so much in them. Reconciled, the fact that our sins have separated us from God, but in his great work, he brings us back to himself, makes peace through Christ's death on the cross. And justified, well, when Jesus has paid the price for us and God looks at us now, it's justified, never sinned. But not only that, but justified, always lived a righteous life. And this is part of the great work uh, that, that God does for us. No credit to us, but all to him, and at great cost. Let's sing this and magnify God as we uh, sing it together. evening, one in the Old Testament, one in the New, and our first one is in Jeremiah chapter 23, and we're going to read verse 1 to 6, it's on page 650. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 1 to 6. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, 
Concerning the shepherds who care for my people, you have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for your evil deeds, declares the Lord. Then I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will set shepherds over them who will care for them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall any be missing, declares the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. And our second reading is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Which is page 966. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to read verse 17 to 21. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is... In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let me read that last verse again. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Well, before Mark comes and preaches for us, we're going to sing one more hymn, My Hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. No merit of my own I claim, but holy trust in Jesus' name.
Well, for those of you taking notes, I'll just give you a few extra seconds just to write the title. Hopefully, uh, during the songs and the readings, you've picked up a few key words, uh, a few key themes that may prime you for this evening. Well, to go abroad, you need a passport. And you can get an application form for one of those at the local post office. To get into a hotel room, you may need a special key card. And you can get one of those from the reception. To get into a sports stadium, you need a ticket. And you can get one of those from the ticket office or from the official club website. At work, it may be that you need a special key fob to get into your office or lab and you can get one of those from your manager. These things give you access to wherever it is you're going. We need them, and we need to know where to find them. Well, holidays, and uh, sports stadiums, and hotels are nice places to be. But my aim tonight is not simply to direct you where you can find uh, entertainment or comfort. I don't want to be just like a tourist information bureau My aim tonight is to direct you to where you can find life, and life to the full. It's in the very presence of God. It's a place of eternal peace and safety. It's the only place where you can be safe when Jesus comes as judge of the world as he's promised to do. It's the only place of escape that we heard about this morning. It's a place where we're designed to be. God's presence, part of his family. For those of you getting distracted, this is what we're thinking about. God's presence. You see, we cannot simply waltz into God's presence. Ever since we, uh, Genesis 3, when mankind sinned, there have been barriers between us and God. Barriers that you can't just uh, hop over or slide under when the attendant isn't looking. What we need is a special access card, a special key that will let us through and we need to know where to find it. So that's what I want to do tonight. I want to to tell you exactly what it is you need to gain access into God's presence and to tell you where you can find it. So, access to God's presence. What do you need? What you need is righteousness. Righteousness. But we need to make sure that we get what righteousness is before we too quickly tick it off our kind of, yeah, I've got that list. If we forget the Bible for a minute, which I don't usually advocate, but if we forget the Bible just for a moment and look at the the, um, dictionary, this is what the definition is. Righteousness is the quality of being morally right or justifiable. Morally right And too often many of us can think, well, I'm a good person. I'm a moral person. I think a lot of people would describe themselves as that. 
I'll get through those, prob- uh, those barriers no problem at all. I'm a good person. I've got good morals. I'm at church tonight. Maybe your parents are Christians. Or maybe you are very strict with your religious observances. Maybe you care for others in the community. We can fill our life with these good deeds. They're good things. And we bring them to this barrier. And we hand them to God and we say, here you go. It'll take a bit of time looking through all that. But I'm sure you'll be pleased with it. But the barriers remain shut. All the stuff that we so often think of as righteousness is invalid. The things which we are so proud of are not good enough to get us through that barrier into God's presence. Isaiah describes it, many of you know this, Isaiah describes our righteousness as like filthy rags. What we need is true righteousness. Fake righteousness isn't good enough. Counterfeit righteousness won't get us in. We need true righteousness. So what does the Bible say? Well, in Deuteronomy 6, we find out. It says, if we're careful to obey all these laws before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. So if we obey all of God's laws, just as he's told us, then that'll be righteousness. That's how we can get it. Sound manageable? Well, just a few verses before, earlier on in Deuteronomy 6, this is one of those commands. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. That's one of the key commands that they've just been given. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And hundreds of years later, we find out how many people have been able to keep all those laws that God gave and achieve their own righteousness. How many do you think, hundreds of years later, in in that sort of time gap, how many do you think managed it? Thousands of people? Millions? Hundreds? Maybe just a handful of the very best, the most religious, the most obedient But the verdict that we get in the Psalms is crushing. No one is righteous. No one. No one is good enough. Hundreds of years, and yet not a single person was righteous. Paul tells us in the New Testament, all have fallen short of the glory of God. None of us have made it to that level of righteousness that we need to get access to God. Every single one of us has failed to meet the standard required. Now, I remember when I was 17, I got my uh, provisional driving license through the post. And shortly after that, we went to uh, Bowplex in uh, Tumbridge Wells, if any of you can remember that far ago. Some of you smiling. Um, bowling in Tumbridge Wells, and we went there. And um, this was with the YP group. I was one of the first ones there. And because there was a bar there, they had a bouncer on the door. And uh, he asked us for ID to get in. And this was the first time that I'd ever had ID on me. And I was chuffed to bits. And so I very proudly got out my ID and showed him my ID. And of course he looked at it and went, you're not old enough. I was forgetting that the whole reason he was asking for ID is to prove that we're 18. 
And so the thing that I was relying on, that I was so chuffed with, was the very thing that proved I wasn't old enough to get in. And so we're in this position, where we can see the barrier, we know what we need to get in, but none of us have got it. We're barred from entering. The way is closed. What do we need? We need the access key. We need righteousness. And there's a way that we can get it. So how can you get it? How can you get it? Well, we find the answer in a surprising place. We find the answer in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is primarily a book where God is warning his people that judgment is going to come. But in the middle of all that, there's a promise in there that bursts like a ray of sunshine out of the darkness. Jeremiah was a prophet. He was sent to warn God's people that judgment would come if they didn't turn back to him. Because at that time, God's people were anything but righteous. As you read through Jeremiah, one person says, it's like a, it's like a scene in a courtroom where God just lays charge after charge against his people. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Amongst other things, they were guilty of idolatry, adultery, oppressing the weak, of lying, hypocrisy. All these things. And God lies um, the blame primarily at the leaders. Which at the time, mostly the kings and some prophets as well. And he says, far from caring for my people, actually you've abandoned them. You've been these bad shepherds. Verse 1 in, in Jeremiah 23 is really strong. God accuses them of destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture. They're like really bad shepherds. That don't, they don't only not only look after the sheep, but actually they, they cause damage. They scatter them. And because of God's leaders and, and, um, and, and how they've been, God's people were defeated and they were exiled, taken out of their country taken away by foreign powers into other countries. It's a dark, dark time. Have you ever thought about what it would be like to be exiled to another country? And God's people are a bit like vulnerable sheep scattered all over the countryside. But God loves his people too much to leave them like that. Even though it's judgment, God loves his people too much to leave them like that for long. And so he promises that he'll bring his people home and that he'll give them good leaders, people who will be good shepherds, who will actually care for his people. But then he gives them something else. And this is when we get it. This is when we get that bright ray of sunshine that come bursting out of this dark book. God is going to raise up a new leader, another leader, someone from the line of David who will be righteous. Someone unlike any of us. And this is where we get to the main sort of passages uh, this evening, really. Jeremiah 23, verses 5 and 6. I'm going to read it for you. Um, some of you may like to have it in your Bibles so that you can uh, look back at it. This is what it says. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king, and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. 
in his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. One day a king is going to rise up who's going to be righteous. First one ever to be righteous. He'll deal wisely with people. He'll execute justice and righteousness in the land. He's going to be a good leader. And he's going to protect and care for his people in a way that no one has ever done before. He will be the great shepherd king. And we're told his name at the end of verse 6. Now this isn't what it is actually in the English translation, but this is kind of his name in the original language, which I love. Yahweh Sidkenu. Or at least that's how I'm going to say it. Yahweh Sidkenu, the title for tonight. Now this last week, uh, my niece turned one. She's called Esme, and uh, I think it's a pretty name, but the reason she was called that is not just because it's a pretty name, it's because Esme means loved. And on her uh, bedroom door, she's got a little banner that says Esme, and then underneath it, it says loved. And so she can't read that at the moment. But when she grows up, every time she hears her name, it's going to be a reminder to her that she is loved. And in verse 6, we're told one of the, the great names of God, Yahweh Sidkenu. And it's a name that tells us about his character. It's a name that's meant to be a reminder to us every time we hear it. It's a name that we can take away and hold on to. Well, what does it mean? What does it mean? Well, Yahweh means the Lord. The Lord. So straight away we can see that this king, this leader who's coming, will be God. We'll see a bit more. Is righteousness. Well, Andrew Wilson, if you've read his book Incomparable, he talks about this. He says, well, if that's what the name was, that would make sense, wouldn't it? The Lord is righteousness or the Lord is righteous. We've seen that he's a righteous king. So if that was it, we'd get it. The Lord is righteous. But the full name is so much better than that. This is the full name. This is what it means. This is what you will see in verse 6. The Lord is our righteousness. The Lord is our righteousness. So there we are. We're at the barrier. We've tried handing in our own righteousness. And we've been rejected. But here, we have a righteous king who can give us his righteousness and take us through with him. He is our righteousness. Now in Jeremiah's day, they had no idea who this king was going to be. It was a prophecy, but they had no idea who it was going to be. They had to to wait for it. But we know, don't we? The God who is king, the shepherd king, the righteous one, They had to look forward to this king arriving. We look back, don't we, 2,000 years. We've just had Christmas. Jesus Christ, the great shepherd king. We often remember his death. Jesus' uh, death that takes away our sin. But do we forget his life? His perfect life where he obeyed all of God's commands? where he always obeyed, he always loved God with all his heart, soul, strength and mind, where he went round doing good, he lived a truly righteous life that none of us have managed. 
Our righteousness is like filthy rags. His righteousness is like a crown of glory. And what does Jesus do? He takes our filthy rags and he says, I'll deal with those. And he says, you can have my righteousness. Not sure about that? Well, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 tells me I'm right. This is the one that John helpfully read twice for us. For our sake, God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin. So he takes our our rags, our sin, so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. Going back to that story that I told you earlier about Bullplex, the very thing that I so proudly showed to, that I thought was going to let me in was the very thing that showed that I wasn't allowed in. But then James Swanson, our six foot six inch youth leader, walked up and said, they're with me. And he walked in and we all followed him in straight past the bouncer. I couldn't get in alone, but with him I could. You know, the only way we can access God's presence is through Jesus and his righteousness. He gives us his righteousness and we can go into the Father with him. He offers it to us freely. But lastly, who's it for? Who's it for? Well, this is for you if you want access into God's presence. If you want access to God's presence, this is for you. All you have to do is accept his righteousness and know that you need it. You know, it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. John actually said that this morning as well. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done in your past. Some of you at the moment are applying for a university. And uh, when you apply for university, if you do well, you get, um, you get offers, don't you? If you get, say, an interview, you often get an offer and you get what's called a, a conditional offer. And it's this sort of idea that we'll welcome you in if you meet our standard, if you achieve the, the grades. So if you, if you get the grades, then you're very welcome. If you don't, I'm afraid you'll have to look elsewhere. But sometimes you get what's called unconditional offers. Some of you might have seen these. Unconditional offers. The standards already been met. You don't need to do anything more. Your place is already secure. You may pinch yourself sometimes. It may feel slightly surreal. But your place is secure. So whatever happens, when September comes along, you can go to uni and know that you can enjoy your new life there. Whatever happens, you've got an unconditional offer. You know, this offer that Jesus freely gives us his righteousness, you know, it's an unconditional offer. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter your successes or your failures. Jesus has met the standard. He's earned that righteousness. And he offers it freely to us. If you want, you can have Jesus' righteousness instead of your own. We just need to accept it, knowing that we need it. Jesus says, come to me and I will not cast you out. He himself will take us into his Father's presence. 
Because of Jesus' righteousness, we're loved unconditionally. And that means that we can enjoy God's presence now. You know, if you've never, if you've never experienced God's presence, it's a wonderful thing. We can enjoy it now, but we can look forward to it for eternity as well. Who else is it for? Well, it's for you if you're trusting your own righteousness. If you're trusting your own righteousness. Well, if you've come tonight feeling proud or quietly confident in the things you're doing, coming to church, praying religiously every day, reading lots of good books, including the Bible, social care in the community, and you've come feeling quietly confident about those things, thinking, well, God, let me through. He's kind. That'll be enough. You know, nothing will let you through unless it's Jesus' righteousness. Nothing else is good enough. His righteousness is the only key that will allow us through. Everything else will just prove that we are not good enough. You know, tonight, make sure that you have the right access key into God's presence. Jesus' righteousness alone is the only thing that will make you safe. And finally, and I think this will be one that will be for a lot of us this evening, you if you are longing for peace. You if you're longing for peace. You know, when we really understand this, that Jesus is our righteousness, it can bring peace and joy into our life, whatever else is going on around us. Because so many things in life rob us of peace, don't they? So guilt, temptations, when life just feels like a a bit of a storm just swirling around you. Perhaps you've come here tonight and you've just had a, a rubbish week. Or maybe you've had a rubbish day today, just day's just not been great. You know, the fact that he is our righteousness makes a difference to all of those things. And I know that's true because many of you here have told me that you've experienced that. There's also someone else who uh, experienced this. um, And I want to tell you about that someone else and just how much difference it makes. And that's my grandma. Some of you will remember her. And uh, a few years, well, now after she died um, a few years ago, my family found a diary that she'd been secretly writing. And um, I want to read to you what she wrote on January the 6th, 2013. She, she writes this just after the first Christmas that she had without her husband, my granddad, um, John Ralph. Some of you will have known him. So this is the first Christmas after he's died and she's alone. She writes this, January the 6th, 2013. The Lord has been amazingly good to me over Christmas. I so dreaded being emotional and so spoiling my loved family's Christmas. About a week before Christmas, I had a day when everything went wrong, which is unusual for me. And then I thought the freezer with all my things for Christmas had gone wrong. I really felt Satan was having a go at me when these words came so strongly to me. She says, Satan, he, Jesus, is my righteousness. It came with such power and gave me peace, wonderful peace. 
I expect I was foolish, but I looked it up, the meaning uh, of righteousness in the dictionary. It was so cold. Wisdom, good, morals. I knew it was much more. And I'd heard so many sermons of his righteousness. But it had never come to me in quite the same way. I mentioned it in front of my grandson, Michael. He said, well, his righteousness is there instead of all our sins. His righteousness covers us. It was, of course, the answer, and I had those special words said to me all over Christmas and still now. He is my righteousness. It was my most blessed Christmas. Every time I thought, I wish John was here, it came to me. He is my righteousness. For three weeks, I had peace and joy. And then in capital letters, most blessed Christmas ever. That's what we need to keep saying to ourselves. He is my righteousness. You know, it makes such a difference when we're filled with guilt. He is my righteousness. When we're battered by temptation, he is my righteousness. When life is swirling around us, he is my righteousness. When we need to be reminded of the bigger picture that we're in and the security we have in God, he is my righteousness. We yesterday, I got a text from my brother. He'd seen the Forest Fold Instagram account. He'd seen the title for tonight and he saw that I was preaching. So he sent me a text and he said that he's just done a, a devotional on Isaiah 32. It's got some really similar themes. In Isaiah 32, it talks about a king who will reign in righteousness. And I love this. It says, for us, that this will be like a hiding place from the wind, a shelter from the storm. Isn't that brilliant? This king who will reign in righteousness for us, well, that will be like a hiding place from the wind, a shelter from the storm. And then in verse 17, it says this, and the effect of righteousness will be peace. And the result of righteousness, quietness and trust forevermore. You know, when we receive uh, Jesus' righteousness with the access to God that it so freely gives, it gives us a peace like nothing else can. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you for Jesus. Lord, without Jesus, we would be stuck with no righteousness of our own. But Lord, we thank you that Jesus himself comes and freely gives us his righteousness to bring us back to you, to reconcile us to you, so that we can know peace and joy like never before. Lord, I pray that every single one of us here may understand the danger of being outside of God's presence. That the judge is coming. Lord, we thought this morning about the need to escape. Lord, we thank you that through Jesus, Lord, we can have access. We can get through the barrier. We can be reconciled. And Lord, for eternity, we can know the joy and wonder of being in your presence. Lord, if we don't have that, I pray that we would know that. And Lord, if we are in there and we feel like we don't belong, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to remember that he is our righteousness.
So Lord, we thank you for that wonderful name of God, Yahweh Sidkenu. And Lord, I pray that that be a real blessing to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a song, another song, where it talks about Jesus being our righteousness. I think right at the end of the first verse, there you go. The Lamb who is my righteousness. The Lamb who is my righteousness. So when the music starts, let's stand and sing. pray that we would love you more, Lord, for all that you've done, for the love that you showed to us. Lord, I pray that as we go away from this place, Lord, we'd be amazed and that we would long to live for you, to live righteously because, Lord, that is what you've made us. Lord, for any who don't know you, Lord, I pray that you would show yourself to them. Lord, that they too may know the, the joy and the wonder of being in your presence. And Lord, I pray as well that as we go away from this place, Lord, I pray that we would have that eternal perspective in mind, that we would look forward to the day when we can be with you fully and forever. 
Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.